0: The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and are offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs and the best part is it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings
1: Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. for welcome to the ice guys brought to you by the hockey podcast network this is the show that takes you into the world of the national hockey league every game every day from a sports betting perspective with pro handicappers alex b smith and ian cameron and
0: veteran sports writer jimmy murphy and now here's your host ian cameron Welcome to a special edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are back for a special free agency recap edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Of course, July 28th last week was free agency day. And boy, we had a flurry of signings, no pun intended, uh, very much so uh, throughout the uh, that day. Uh, going into the uh, tail end of last week. Uh, Alex B. Smith with me. Uh, hopefully Jimmy Murphy will be along with us momentarily as well. And we'll look back on all the major free agent uh, signings that were made. Um, I'll just start really with just some teams, more than just individual signings. Uh, we got De- New Jersey Devils, of course, bring in uh, Dougie Hamilton uh, from the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. A huge deal, seven years, $63 million. Uh, and they also get Ryan Graves from the Colorado Avalanche. I like what New Jersey's doing. They have to shore up and make that blue line better. They definitely did that, uh, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, that was always an issue for them going into last season, so some nice signings for them. We know the Tampa Bay Lightning you know, are a team that has had to navigate their way through all kinds of salary cap hell, but they did it significantly, circumventing the rules, you could say. Uh, Julian Brisebois with the long-term injury reserve, a uh, little way of sidestepping the cap last year that they used to their advantage. But nevertheless, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, uh, re-signing Braden Point, getting him locked up. Of course, Tyler john you can't sign everybody. Tyler Johnson going to the Chicago Blackhawks, of course, uh, which was a, a mild surprise. Not so much that he was gone, but the destination team uh, ended up being the Chicago Blackhawks, who all of a sudden, we'll get to them in just a second, look like a team that's making that one last run if you will, maybe at uh, not just the playoffs, but maybe the Cup with some of the moves they made, including, of course, bringing in Flurry. But you look at what Tampa Bay, they, of course, had to say goodbye to some uh, of their key players with the cap situation the way that it was for them. Yanni Gord gets taken by Seattle, by the Kraken. Blake Coleman gone. He goes to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Barkley Goodrode to the New York Rangers. So you knew Tampa Bay was going to lose some key cogs from that Stanley Cup team, and they did that. Uh, Colorado, of course, they get. we were all very skeptical if Gabe Landeskog would be returning to the Colorado Avalanche, but he does uh, a last hour, last minute uh, a decision to re-sign eight years for uh, Gabe Landeskog, the captain of the Avalanche. What was shocking was Philip Grubauer signing elsewhere uh, and going to the Seattle Kraken and it left Colorado absolutely positively scrambling. He can't go into next season with Francois uh, as you know, your number one guy or Johansson, you know, you had to shore up the goaltending and they did that very well, actually, with Darcy Kemper uh, getting him uh, right after losing uh, Philip Grubauer. So uh, Colorado shores that up. So shocking to see uh, Philip Grubauer to Seattle. Uh, and now all of a sudden the Kraken, you know, set and net, you would think this season, Grubauer and Drieger, uh is all of a sudden a uh, Drieger is all of a sudden a very nice uh, punch there. Mark andre Fleury going to the Chicago Blackhawks, of course, uh, and making Alex B. Smith happy. He's still on a euphoria and a high, and he hasn't come down yet from it uh, for these last uh, couple of days. But Marc-Andre Fleury to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and now all of a sudden the Blackhawks, and Jake McCabe to the Blackhawks. People are going to say, what? Why are you bringing up that? That's a good signing. Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe's a good defenseman. He's just stuck on a miserable organization and team for the last few years, the Buffalo Sabres. You get him to Chicago, he's good in his own zone. It's a nice addition. I think Chicago has really done things to improve that blue line. So I'll start with just those teams. Those are my initial thoughts. Those are the ones that I think made a lot of noise in free agency. Alex, uh, just some initial thoughts, teams, what moves they made overall, some individual players that moved, uh, just some thoughts on some of the signings that stuck out to you.
1: Well, I mean, we have to lead off with the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the, the, the moves that they made. And, you know, it, it's funny. You know, the last show we did, uh, you know, recapping the expansion draft and, and, and the regular draft, I wore the, the, uh, the Stan Bowman clown shirt. We're not wearing that shirt anymore for a while because uh, Stan has done an excellent job for a change uh, in, in the last couple of weeks. I uh, said, you know, the Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, there, there were rumors of him possibly being traded somewhere. And someone threw out Chicago about a couple of weeks ago. Sure enough, it ended up happening. Then everyone's worried about, well, you know, he doesn't want to move his family. Is he going to just, you know, up and retire, which would have made total sense, obviously. You know, this guy's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, played a ton of games. He's won Cups. You know, the way it things ended unceremoniously in Vegas, kind of wondered okay, maybe he wants to go out on his own terms, have one last run, uh, you know, and now he's in a great spot with a team that, like I said, they have you know, they're reloading. They're not rebuilding yet. And now he has a chance to, you know, mentor a, a young up and coming goalie in Kevin Lincoln and while still being the number one goalie. He's not taking a backseat role like a Jonathan Quick in LA or some of these other goalies we've seen over the years where, you know, they're kind of just left hanging around to try to help the younger guys move forward, but they don't really have much game left. This guy just won the best in the trophy. So it, it, it's a great situation. Seth Jones, you know, made a, a great trade there. I think the signing, you know, Gave him a little bit of extra money, but obviously, if you look at all the other defensemen that were that were signed and, and moved around, uh, you know, the going rate was around seven, to eight million, nine million a year. So nine and a half to, to lock him down. You, they did what they had to do. Obviously, they had to move Adam Boquist, a kid who's gonna you know be a great star in this league. I uh, hate to see him go, but you know you have to you know crack some eggs to make an omelet, basically. Uh, so I think that was a great trade. Like I said, Jake McCabe, a great fit, you know, a stay-at-home defenseman, something that the Hawks have needed for a long time. Think about, like, you know, Nicholas Narmidson, who retired. He was that kind of guy for the Hawks during their cup runs uh, early in the decade. And So to have – maybe he can grow into that. Like I said, he's been in a a tough situation in Buffalo. Obviously, things should be a little bit better (laughs) in Chicago right now. And, of course, Jonathan Taves, if he's feeling fully healthy and ready, you know, he's pretty much like a free agent addition when you think about it. Uh, and, And also Patrick Kane. Keep in mind, for all the great numbers he had last year, he played through an injury. The entire season. So now, if he can be healthy and rested, Hawks team looks loaded and, and ready to make one more run. I've been using the hashtag one la- one last more goal. uh I think that might be the case for them. Especially when you look at Colorado. I don't like the fact that they got Darcy Kemper. You know, I mean, they had to do something obviously, but he's an uh, injury-prone goalie. Francis has become an injury-prone goalie. So they're in the same boat now they have been the last two seasons. If one of the, if one or two of these guys get hurt, they got to ride with Jonas Johansson or Hunter Misca down in the minors. That's going to be troublesome uh, in this division. Like I said, you got Minnesota who's made a turnaround and it still could be a dangerous team. The Hawks are going to be a more dangerous team. Dallas, uh, those guys were all beat up and banged up last year. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be a tougher team. Uh, you'll still have St. Louis in, in that mix as well. So, you know, it's not going to be a, a duck walk for, for the Colorado Avalanche. So, if, if Kemper's not fully healthy, uh, things could get a, a bit iffy for them. Another team were moves I like. I like how L.A., uh, moving forward, and I, I talked about this at the end of the season. The fact that now that they have Philip Deneau, who had a, a wonderful postseason, uh, has really you know matured into a, a solid you know two-way center. But he thinks he's more of a defensive-minded guy, a face-off guy. You had Victor Arbison in the trade. Uh, th- it just seems like a team that you know they're slowly building toward being a, a you know a good hockey team again, a, a contender in that Pacific. Especially when you got teams like Anaheim and San Jose still dwell on the bottom. We don't know what we're going to see from from Seattle yet, although they look like they're going to be uh, a, a good team. I don't think it's going to be a, the Vegas story all over again. Of course, you've got Las Vegas at the top. Edmonton, I think they might be taking a, a step down with the moves that they made. Of course, they got Duncan Keith, uh, you know, and, and now, you know, they've re-signed Mike Smith. Wonder if, you know, if they're going to give them goals galore. They're going to have to start, you know, winning games, you know, six, five, seven, six, it seems like. Uh, the way their lineup is built. So L.A. made some good moves. They're going to be a a quality team and a pesky team, probably a good bet on team uh, as a dog during the season. So those are the two teams that I've liked the most, the Hawks and the Kings.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on the Kings for sure. I think that there's some things to like with them. I think from a sell perspective, teams that look like they're waving the white, Arizona certainly is. I mean, they look like they're going in for a long-term rebuild with what they've done uh, in in this offseason. Of course, Oliver Ekman, Larson, among others, gone now. It's kind of a little bit of an exodus. Kemper gone, Uh, and now you look at that team maybe looking to rebuild a little bit. Uh, We'll bring Jimmy Murphy in, who's with us now, and we'll get his thoughts on teams that made an impression, either improved their team, got significantly worse, some individual signings he likes. He can talk about Boston. A lot of waves have been made there. Krejci gone. Taylor Hall uh, re-signed. Tuca Rask's future with the team. Very much in doubt uh, at this point in time, especially when you go out and get a Linus Allmark. You know, along with uh, to be there with uh, Swayman is what you're looking at to begin the season because Rask is not even close to being able to play, even if the Boston Bruins want him back. So there's questions galore with them. Uh, so, Jimmy, have at it. Free agency,
2: uh, first impressions on what went down. Yeah, I guess I mean, I guess I'll start, you know, with the team I cover here. And you mentioned all the things that happened with the Bruins there. I, I, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway I have and it's something I've been pointing out for a while but you know nobody seems to want to pay attention to here in Boston because everybody's always too caught up in the present is you know how did Don Sweeney with all the cap money he had he had 28.4 heading into free agency uh, with some of the I know he doesn't have too many trade assets but he still has some uh how is he sitting today with his pants cut down when it comes to the center position right now? Uh, with no number two center all of a sudden, and a number one center that, let's be honest, guys, if he was not in Boston and not skating with Brad Marchand and David Pasternak, I think is really a number two center at this point in his career, and that's Patrice Bergeron. and You guys know how much I love Patrice. That's a knock, not a knock on him as a person. It's just father time catches up, and this is a guy that's gone through a lot of injuries, and then you factor in right now what we're about to see, and I'm telling you guys, I've said this before. Get ready. By December, there are going to be a ton of big names on the injury list. I guarantee it because these bodies have gone through so much. Think about what they, you know, they had the 19-20 the season. It was weird. They had the pause. Then they went back into the bubble. So all those teams that went in the bubble played those games. And then not even two and a half months later, they're playing a 56 condensed game schedule. And then the playoffs. So, you know, for teams that went, I'd say second round to be on in this playoffs, they're going to have a lot of injury issues. And I think the Boston Bruins are going to be one of those. And I think Bergeron's about to break down. I really do. And maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he drinks the Tom Brady juice and uh, says, screw you to father time. I don't know. But I'm just looking at it realistically here. So that's the biggest thing that I came away I, you know, I like some of the signings that Sweeney made. I think Felino will bring some leadership. But then again, it's kind of me. It's like uh, it's doing David Backus all again. You got him one or two years after his prime. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's, it was really interesting. I, I just think that he could have used the market better. And I think we spoke about it the last time we, we talked to was how it struck me when I asked him uh, heading into the expansion draft. Have you been busy on the NHL trade market for defensemen? Because we all know they need a top four LD. Uh, And he's like, I haven't even started calling people. What the what? I mean, you're going into the expansion draft, man. Like you should, this should all be laid out by that time. So I think Don Sweeney, look, he's usually a very calculated guy, but for some reason or another, uh, he just met, misread the whole David Krejci situation. And that really could haunt the Bruins going forward. Uh, as for teams that impress me, I'm with you guys. I like, I love what the LA Kings are doing. I think it's going to continue. They need some D men though. That's their big thing. And I was a little surprised that we didn't see a, a, a notable defenseman uh, added to that roster in LA. And I like the Deno signing. A little high on the cap hit, but you know the way things are going and where his name's at his reputation. That's what, that's what's going to happen there. I'm surprised the Canadians let him go. I really am. Um, And you know, I don't have the exact numbers right in front of me guys, but if I'm not mistaken, was it just a little bit higher or just a little bit lower than what the Canadians reportedly offered him last year? Do we know?
0: Uh, I believe it was a little bit higher.
2: Okay. But not much. Well, it wasn't much of a difference. So, uh, my point is, if you can offer him what you did last year, why was that taken off the table after the playoffs he had and how important he was in that cup run uh, to game five in a Stanley Cup final? So I thought it was a little surprising there that Montreal didn't do more. Like, Hoffman's all right. I don't know. There's a reason he's been on, what, three teams in four years? you got to start asking questions there. Yep. Uh, the one team I really like, and I don't think they're done by any means, is the Flyers. I, I love everything they did. They said they were going to shake it up, and they did. And guys, we we spoke about it back on this show, heading into the deadline. I told you Varasic's name was out there. He didn't get moved then, but he got moved this time. And that was the big shakeup move that I heard they were going to make. And look, this is a Flyers team now, too. You look what they added to the defense there. Uh, it's just, I, I really like what Fletcher did there. I really do. And then I also like, and it's kind of flying under the radar, because I know we're talking about signings and player personnel, but same time, check out some of the moves they just made in hockey management. I mean, bring they they had brought in D. Lombardi back a couple months ago, and then uh, they bring back the guys they did yesterday. Uh, this is a team that's that, that means business, so they're, they're going back the other way. The one thing I had heard, Alex, and you'll get a kick out of this, and this probably would have had you talking a little different about the Blackhawks, the one thing I heard was that the Flyers tried to get Flurry. And can you imagine – the shit storm that would have created in yeah. Pittsburgh if they got yeah. sorry in Philly. Yeah. And it would have been a brilliant move if you think about it, right? Because you yeah. bring him right. in. You had the cap space to do it. You bring him in. And would he not be the perfect elixir for what happened with Carter Hart last year? Definitely. You said how he's going to mentally uh, help him out. Yeah. Yeah. You Mental said the mentoring or, yeah. he'll do in Chicago. Think about what he could have done for Carter Hart. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a guy where they needed a better veteran, I think, to come in. I like what they did, but um, that would have been something, I'll tell you. And then you know, I look at the Colorado Avalanche. I agree with you. I mean, ew, when it went down to the Y, you should have had something better than Darcy Kemper in the back pocket there. I, I just, I don't know what's going on there. Like, it's interesting. I, 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 I think that right now Colorado is another one of these teams who maybe misevaluated where they were going cap wise and and let things slide a little too long there. So. Similar to uh, Don Sweeney, I think Joe Sackett got caught a little bit with his pants down. Team, I think, it's going under the radar that nobody's talking about, and I thought they had a, gr- a great offseason. They 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 added value picks, is what I like to say, value players, not necessarily the big superstars, but that's the Vancouver Canucks. I like what they did. I I, I think those were some smooth moves. It was time for Ed Litter to go. They got some new defensemen, um, and I don't think they're done either. And if you look at them up the middle right now, when healthy, I'd say they're the deepest team at center in the Pacific Division right now. So that's a team I think you keep an eye on. I like the Blake Coleman pickup in Calgary. Um, I thought the Wild did okay as well. Loved what the Detroit Red Wings are doing. I know we're not going to talk about them. They're not going to make the playoffs. But, guys, there's some shrewd moves going on by Stevie Y there. You know, so, uh, you know, Pius Suter. Am I might pronouncing it Suter like Ryan Suter? Yeah, Pius Pius Suter. That is a great under-the-radar signing by Stevie Y in Detroit. So they're headed in the right direction. And speaking of the suitors, who the hell does Ryan Suter think he is dictating four years for term? I'll tell you, he's, he's a smart guy. I, he's smarter than me because I had no idea he would get that. But Dallas was dumb enough to step up and give it to him. So kudos to Ryan Suter, but bad move by Dallas. That's the end.
0: There you go. Great great analysis, hitting a bunch of yeah, teams Sorry there. to ramble, uh, guys. No, that's all right. That's good. I mean, I could – Ryan Suter, you're right. I, I don't want Ryan Souter at this stage of his career. I just don't. No, you know, that's why I, I'd rather
2: keep Handle for one year at $900,000 yeah. than Ryan Suter for the term and money he got.
0: Yeah, especially for that, you know, for that yeah. uh, term and the, the money uh, amount that he got from the Dallas Stars, which I thought was astronomical considering what we've, you know, this is a guy that's on the tail end of his career. You know, you're not getting prime of his career, Ryan Souter now. So to pay a premium for
2: that, it doesn't make yep. any sense and to you Look at so their stats, step step guys. Back. Ryan Suter and Keith Yandel's stats. I mean, Suter's just slightly better. They almost match up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you look at the age, too. I mean, Suter's got two years on, on, on Yandel. So I, I t- just look at that. It's such a smart signing by Fletcher compared to, surprisingly, by one of the smartest guys in the business. Just a bad, bad sign in my eyes by Jim Nil. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's strange to see with a goaltending issue in Dallas, too. I mean, they're, they're – yeah, right. I guess so. I mean, and then Bishop, you know, we don't know what to expect from him. He's had an injury issues; didn't play all of last year. You know, is he going to be fully healthy and ready? And if he is, can he stay healthy? That That's the question mark there, too. So, you know, are you going to move him somewhere? You know, Jake Ottinger seems to be the future. looked really good. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know what they're going to do,
0: uh, you know, once things start to get wrong. Well, they got to move somebody because they have four goalies on their roster right now. Uh, Jake Ottinger, Anton Udobin, Braden Holpe, and, and and Ben Bishop. I mean, there's someone. Someone is getting moved. You know, it's just a question. And you would think it's got to be part ways with Bishop because he just hasn't been able to stay uh, healthy. But uh, again, we'll have to wait and see on that. Or do they, you know, say goodbye to Hudobin because you know he's probably he's the guy that's uh, he's an old goalie as well. You've gotten a lot from him, but last year, you know, it was uh, up and down for him. Ottinger probably is your future in net. I think you got to try to commit. I think he's got to play more games than he did last year. You got to see what you got in him. So, you know, you got to part ways with at least one or two of these older goalies. You know, yeah, they're all older goalies, Hudobin, uh, Holpe, uh, and Bishop uh, on this Dallas team. So going to be interesting to see what decisions they make. I think we talked a little on the expansion draft recap show because that was the day uh, that Detroit got Nedeljkovic. But I'm going to re-emphasize my opinions on Detroit. The arrow's pointing up on this team. There's no question about that. And I'm not really? saying playoffs this season. But I am saying competitive, they will be. They will not be an easy team to beat this year. You look at what they've got. You mentioned it, Jimmy. Pew Suter, bringing him in. Uh, Jacob Vrana, uh, of course, was a great pickup. Played great for them when they got him from Washington with St. Anthony Mantha uh, the other way. Uh, Dylan Larkin, uh, uh, You know Zadina really started to show up. Adam Ernie gave them some offense uh, in the second half of last year. Uh, you look at what they've done on the blue line as well, uh, you know, uh, with Stetcher, uh, Mark Stahl, Nick Letty uh, brought in. I mean, a nice blue line. You've got a legit number one for not just this season, but many years to come. And Alex Nedelkovic, I'm a believer in that guy uh, as a good number one goalie in this league. Uh, this is a Detroit team that's going to make us some money, or at least going to make me some money this year, I think. I think there's going to be some good spots, good prices. And I think in profitability, Next year in the NHL, we always see it. Profitability rankings, teams that have won the most units for their backers, teams that have lost the most units for their backers throughout the course of the season. I think Detroit's going to be a top 10. Hell, they could even be a top five profitability team next season, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. They're right in
1: that, that wheelhouse with L.A. And we talked about Ottawa as well, you know, teams that are going to be, you know, competitive enough to, to win you some money. Then, like I said, not going to be uh, immediate playoff contenders, but they're going to be, you know, you're going to be able to find some good spots, especially now. We, you know, we talk about it, you know, how everything's getting back to a normal 82 game schedule, the travel spots and different things that we didn't have last year we're going to be able to cash in uh, with, with some of those the little spots so i'm definitely looking forward to uh betting on like I said, these teams that will definitely be dogs and you know the books may not
0: uh, adjust to them quick enough and funny as we just mentioned Adelkovich and it feels like it's the perfect segue in time to bring up the team that he departed from uh the carolina hurricanes and i said it on twitter and maybe they're not going to completely fall off a cliff this upcoming season but I was only half joking. I I was half serious when I tweeted it at the time. Well, it was nice for the one season last year that Carolina was a legit Stanley Cup contender. We enjoyed it while it lasted. Um, I've got some issues going into this season. This is clearly an organization, and Tom Dundon, the owner, obviously he's the one that makes the final decisions on finances, that's clearly established themselves as we're going to go on the cheap. We're going to cheap out. We're going to chintz out you know, uh, in order to save a few bucks and not do what's necessary maybe to put the best possible team and product on the ice. You know, because for me, to for them to get rid of Alex Nedelkovic and send him to Detroit and not pay the, the, I thought, the decent enough amount of money that I think they could have afforded for, but they just didn't pay it for him. And now you're rolling into next season with Freddie Anderson, with injury issues galore, with age getting – you know, older and you're not getting younger. You're only getting older. If you're him games under his belt, a ton, you know, lack of playoff success in the, with the Leafs in recent years. Now, a lot of that's the team around him. I get it, but there's question marks there a little bit about playoff success for him to replace the with Freddie Anderson at this stage of his career. And then you've got anti-ron who's good, really good, but another older goalie and can't stay healthy. And Alex Lyon, you've gone basically from the and Morozik, Last season, two terrific goalies. And by the way, good job, Toronto, bringing in Peter Morozik to, to go with uh, Jack Campbell. Good job. It was really good by them. But for Carolina to go from Alex Nadelkovic and Peter Morozic to Freddie Anderson, who was he going to play, you know, 50, 60 games this year without injury? We don't know. And what's he going to do at playoff time when he hasn't had much playoff success? We don't know. Anti Ranta, good goalie when he's in there. But how often is he going to be in there? And then Alex Lyon, it goes without saying, you know, he's shown you absolutely nothing at the NHL level. I mean, their goaltending is a huge issue for me. And their blue line's still very good. So they're going to need that blue line to just block a shit ton of shots, be in good position, give their goalies every opportunity to succeed. And maybe they're capable of it. I, I do like the blue line still with Shea and with Ian Cole and with Ethan Bear. They brought him in from Carolina, Brett Pesci, or from uh, Edmonton, Brett Pesci. Uh, they took a, a shot with the problem child. Uh, known as Tony D'Angelo uh, from the New York Rangers to see if they can rehabilitate his career. I still like, obviously, Svets, Svechnikov, Ajo, Trocek, Niederreiter up front. Still, forwards are good, top six. Defense is still pretty good. But when you've got that many question marks with your goaltending going into next season like Carolina does, it's hard not to see them taking a step back, uh, in my opinion, next season. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Carolina? To me, what they've done with their goaltending is one of the most baffling inexplicable things I've seen in a very long time.
1: Yeah, it, it made absolutely no sense for them. Like I said, getting rid of Nadelkovic the way that they did and, and you know, basically saying they didn't want to sign him for over an extra $3 million. But then you bring in you know, two, you know, veterans who command for more money, can't stay healthy, have, you know, have been streaky their whole careers. It made zero sense. And now you look at the that Metropolitan Division with teams like Philadelphia, you know, like to the moves they made, but still the goaltending, you know, we're waiting to see if Carter Hart can can bounce back and we know the story on Martin Jones. You look at the, you know, Pittsburgh still got the Smith and Jari and now Carolina we're going to see a lot of overs with these Metro Division teams early in the season. That's something I'm, I have circled already uh, looking forward to the beginning of, of this year. I think we're going to see a lot of these teams uh, have issues in their back end and, and with their goaltending, and Carolina's going to be one of them. Carolina, you know, pretty much going to be one of those teams, like you said, they're going to have to score five or six goals every night uh, to, to win a game potentially, especially if Anderson starts off struggling like he did toward the end of, of his run to Toronto. And if Bronte can't stay healthy, they don't have anything – uh, in the cover with the Wolves and the AHL. Like, you know, they've, this was a, a deep organization when they had the Nadelkovic down uh, back when they were in Charlotte in the AHL. They don't have that kind of depth at goal right now. So they could be in some serious trouble, just like I said with, with
0: Colorado. They have injury issues early. Uh, things could, could get out of hand quickly for them. And Freddie Anderson's a perennial slow starter. Like uh, Freddie Anderson's always had rough Octobers, rough Novembers, rough Decembers, rough first halves of the season. It usually takes him a solid couple of months to really get in the flow, get in the groove, be playing at his absolute best. And that's another thing. So he, especially early in the season next year for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, an over team, you know, a team that's going to play their share of 5-3, five, 5-4 five, games. I could absolutely see it. Uh, Jimmy, uh, we'll get your th- chi- get you to chime in and some thoughts on this Carolina team. Isn't it uh, mind-boggling what they've done
2: very mind boggling. I'm glad you called out the owner, Tom Dunn, there because I think that's all this is. And he's full of shit when he keeps telling us that this team is making money and they're not in trouble. It, it, I mean, it's clear they are. Uh, so, you know, it's something to watch there in the bigger picture of the NHL is where this team is financially in a year or two. Uh, and maybe somehow, somehow Quebec gets a team again. Uh, but we'll see. Anyways, I, no, I, I don't understand it. Puzzling to me. I. Um, I don't know what's going on down there right now. And, you know, if you're Brindamore, you got to be looking at it and say, man, I just re-upped with you guys, and this is how you handle the offseason. I mean, we're close. We're really close right now. Uh, One thing I think that I liked for Carolina is something they didn't do. And that's re-signed Dougie Hamilton. And I'm glad whether it was their choice or his, I think in the long run, they're better off without him, especially at that money that he got paid by the New Jersey Devils, who I forgot to mention earlier, who I've been really high on because I knew they are trying to do some big things there with the cap space they had. That was not a Tom Fitzgerald sign. And I'm telling you that right now, guys, that is fact. That was ruled down from above. By an ownership group that pays more attention to the analytics guys than to the all around hockey guys. And that is going to be a problem going forward for the New Jersey devils. If they want to ever become a contender again, I'm sorry that you can throw all the great analytics for Dougie Hamilton at me that you want. There's a reason he's on his fourth team in six years. He's not a good teammate and he doesn't play well when it counts. So that, you know, it's just interesting that that was the one move that I actually agree with was the one they didn't make, but uh, yeah, that Metro Division's going to be crazy guys. And I think, you know, you look at the Rangers, too. The Rangers are going to be stacked. Yeah, I and they're like trying that hard team. to get Jack Eichel. I mean, they made some good additions as well. And, you know, you think the goaltending is going to be a little better this year. So uh, they got a new coach. So I, I think that, you know, the Rangers are a better team there. The Islanders are still the Islanders. And from, by all accounts, they've got Palmieri and uh, Parise locked up. And they're just trying, from what I hear, they're trying to see if they can get Tarasenko uh or not there so you know they're they're going to add they're going to still have some good quality there and we already mentioned the flyers uh you know this is a, the Pittsburgh Penguins I think maybe took a step back if we're going to look at that that division and they could be in for some uh some overs there if uh, Jerry continues the way he was going last year so uh I think you guys are right when you say that this could be the over division
0: yeah absolutely right about that you're right about the rangers i've been singing their praises they're going to be very, very much, they're going to be much better. I I project them to be playoff bound next season in Gerard Gallant's first year. And and he's a guy that's had a track record of first year with Florida. What did they do? They were great. First year with Vegas, Stanley Cup final I mean, (laughs) for expansion team. It doesn't take him long to improve the team. Like first year, he can have immediate improvement with the team he coaches. He's shown that. Uh, in the past, Lafreniere will be better. He's going to have a really big season. I know it was hit or miss for him last year, but he'll be fine. Second year, he'll be more comfortable. Zabana Jad, uh, you know, uh, Kraftsov, they've got lots of high hopes for that kid. Panarin, uh, Goodrow was a great signing. Barclay Goodrow from the champion Lightning, Stanley Cup winning experience. Ryan Strom had a better year uh, for sure last year. And don't look now, forgotten man, Capo Kako. Remember him? Second overall pick. He got it going down the stretch yeah. last year. They get his offense going. This team's going to score in bunches. The blue line, K. Andre Miller, Adam Fox. You got two legit blue liners to build around. They're going to be good. Druba's solid. You know, Anthony Boteto, Lindgren on a third pair is decent. Labor Hayak, they have high hopes for him. So th- there's a lot to like here with this uh, Rangers uh, blue line. And then, of course, Sh- Shesterkin and Nett with Georgiev's a great one two punch, in my opinion. I don't think so, they're done either, guys.
2: There, there's very much hunt for yeah. Jack Eichel. I, I still really think he might end up there.
0: Yeah, there are a bunch of teams linked to him. The Terry Edelman's Minnesota Wild have even been linked a little bit yeah. uh, to uh, Jack Eichel. So there's a bunch of teams in the mix for him. And by the way, we'll get to Buffalo now because this is getting nasty right now between the Sabers and the Jack Eichel camp. Yeah. yeah, No, no other way around it. It's getting nasty. It's getting. I think it's personal now. I think this is just. Uh, it's unfortunate because you're seeing this really become more of not just business anymore. It's almost like it's personal. Like we're trying to do everything in our power to brick wall and stonewall This guy uh, essentially is what it looks like Um, on both sides, you know, are pissed off at the other. It's very ugly. And from a Sabre standpoint, just from their team standpoint, I mean, you look at the fact, obviously Sam Reinhardt's gone, uh, and Jack Eichel ain't going to be there anymore. Now you'll fetch a nice return for him. But as of right now, this roster, they look like they're just going to be right back where they were next season, one of the worst teams in the NHL. Uh, no, This roster, I mean, is just piss poor. I mean, Olofsson and Middlestad on a top line with Bjork. I mean, Asplund, Cousins, Innistroza, second line, uh, Tage Thompson, Eakin, and Skinner, who did a terrible year by his standards last year. Uh, that forward group's nothing to write home about. Uh, Darlene, Yokoharu, Butcher, Bryson. Pissick, Robert Hag from the Flyers. That's not enough to move the needle. And their goaltending, my gosh, their goaltending situation. Two old, over-the-hill, retread goalies, and you're going to have to probably start one of them. Craig Anderson, Farmer in the Dell, uh, Aaron Dell, uh, Uka Pekalukkanen is probably the best prospect you got right now uh, in terms of goaltending, and he wasn't very good in minimal NHL duty last year. And, of course, Dustin Tukarski, who's been, you know, AHL goalie for the large part of his career the last several years so this is this roster is just oh it makes you want to reach for the vomit bag to be honest if you when to look at it oh my gosh uh buffalo wow i mean they better hope they get a freaking amazing amazing return and hit a home run on this jack eichel deal simple as that uh because they need something to replenish this roster it is broken this roster is broken the defense ain't any good outside of uh, dalene assuming he can bat and dalene didn't even play that good last year He's got to bounce back. Forwards give you nothing outside of Middlestat and Olafson. Uh, there's not much. Uh, Cousins, I like. Cousins will be good, but after that, there's a huge drop off, and then the goaltending's hideous. I mean, if you're the Buffalo Sabers, it's just you're pounding your head against the wall as a fan of this team. It's the same old shit year in and year out. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, you're on top of this the, the, this kind of stuff with Eichel. I mean, it's it's like the gloves are off. It's like we've got yeah. a hockey fight breaking out right now off the ice in terms of this bitter bitter, contentious situation between Jack Eichel, his agents, his camp, and the Buffalo Sabres organization right now.
2: Yeah, well, you know, now we're seeing writers uh, take sides and and really most of them going uh, siding with the Sabres because they figure they're going to have to deal with them a lot. But it's clear. I, I called out Mike Harrington yesterday for a column. He wrote, and look, I, Mike's a respected veteran journalist, but, I mean, he, was, he let himself be a complete mouthpiece for ownership there uh, with what he wrote. You know, taking down the agents of Jack Eichel, those agents had every reason to say what they said. If this guy wants to get the surgery done that he wants to get done on his on his neck and his back, then that's his right. That's his right. And he's had multiple doctors uh under the law of the CBA, he's able to go and get second and third opinions, and he's had every other opinion other than the Buffalo Sabres say that he should get the one that he wants. So you know, this is just the Sabres being jerks and thinking they're smarter than everyone else. And you, you say maybe they'll get them, you know, hopefully they can get an amazing return. That ship sailed in. There, there is no, that guy's value goes down by the minute right now because they held on to him too long. And they asked for the world and misread the market. And when they misread it, even though they knew they misread it, they didn't adjust. And they're not adjusting. And they're just being stubborn and they're being childish. And it's just another reflection of the worst ownership group in the NHL, and maybe probably top five worst owners uh, in pro sports, and that's the pagulers a disgrace. And now they're talking about moving the bills. Oh, don't get me started on that. You're
0: you're worth $5.4 billion, man. The new stadium is $1.5 billion. Don't you dare stand there, sit there, whatever, and say you can't foot a dime of that new stadium. That's a disgrace. Screw that. Show you're a Buffalo guy and put your own damn money out there to fund that stadium.
2: Yeah. So it's just, it's become a disgrace all around. And like we, I think we've had this discussion many times, you know, when you, when you look at a sport and the team's going bad, chances are it's usually the shit trickling down and it's trickling and trickling and trickling. And it's all the way into the dressing room. Maybe probably even to people that are draft kids that are drafted by the Sabres are probably like, Oh man, really? I got drafted by the Sabres. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a mess right now. And, they need, to, they need to get this done once and for all and, and take the best possible offer on the table right now and trade Jack Eichel and be done with it and move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just really bad all around. I mean, it's just the, the team's going to be a disaster again this year. You're not even going to get top return for Jack Eichel because you've waited around too long, you've dicked around too long, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, teams teams aren't going to, Uh, grovel to you, you're going to have to grovel to them now. Yeah. Uh, Simple as that. they won't release
2: the medical records. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, obviously teams are going to be skeptical and not give you what you want if they don't know what they're getting. And they don't know how the surgery is going to go. You know, if the Sabres did it right, they should have let Jack do the surgery he wanted already before the offseason began, right? They had plenty of time because they were way out of it before anyone else. They should have done that, got that over with get the results, see how he's skating, see how he's maneuvering and practices, and they would have got much better value. But now you've painted yourself into a corner. you got to just accept your fate and move on
0: yeah absolutely yeah. right there's no question uh the situation's ugly there uh and like i say the the, the pagulas have obviously butchered the sabers from the beginning the one thing that got they had in their corner was the bills and the fact they're a winning team now and uh, and it perhaps in a, in a great stretch now for the next few years they'll be competing for super bowls yep. now the stadium stuff comes down the pike which is just yep. another black eye uh toward them in my opinion so just rough times right now all around and the pagulas you're right they're they're making their case that hey They are not cut out for sports team, pro sports team ownership. They're not cut out for that the more we see of it. Uh, Alex, I mean, you you can chime in on this with Eichel. The Buffalo roster looks awful going into next season. I mean, it just looks like it's going to be more nightmares for Sabres fans.
1: Yeah, I can tell you that right now. The day that the season point totals come out, I will be betting them under this team may not win more than 20, 21 games. Uh, It's it's absolutely awful. And and the goaltending, I have them ranked as the worst goalie. I haven't done my goalie rankings fully yet, but they are 32nd in the league right now. When you talk about Craig Anderson uh, and Aaron Dell as your number one and number two, they couldn't carry an AHL team to a 500 record. So this is going to be a nightmare. Like I said, they can't move Eichel or, you know, they wait for him to get the surgery. I mean, what are they waiting for? Like, we're only up two months away uh, for the season starting, so, you know, even if you weren't trying to hold on to him, he's got to have the surgery. It's not going to take eight to ten weeks for him to be fully healthy. It's just going to take a while, so the surgery, like, said, so you never know how these things can 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 play out and go, you know, the rehab could be longer or what have you, and the fact that he doesn't want to be there, even when he does come back, it's still, you know, uh, a bad omen all around, so this is uh, disastrous for Buffalo, and I'm guessing at this point, they're probably just going to say fuck it, and they want to lose as many games so they can get the first overall pick again and try to rebuild. They're basically in the same kind of circle of purgatory that the Edmonton Oilers were in 10, mm. 15 years ago. They're, they're going to be one of those teams that probably ends up having multiple you know, top five, top three draft picks, but then they still may not get anywhere. I mean, look at where Edmonton is right now, how, how far have they really come, you know, despite all the talent that they've drafted uh, throughout that stretch. So uh, like I said, it's a you know, it's a, a, a town and an organization where they're going to probably struggle to bring in free agents, especially the way they, they handle the situation. And that's the one thing we didn't get to really talk about. We can kind of segue into it with Vegas, you know, how they treated Marc-Andre Fleury. That's going to be something that, you know, free agents are going to probably look at and say, hey, you know, they treated a a guy who was the franchise face, a Hall of Famer like this. How are they going to, you know, deal with me? And so Buffalo and Vegas might be, you know, for different reasons. could have. Yeah, it's a bad look for them for, for different reasons,
0: but it could be the same issue when they're trying to sign guys moving forward, you know, in the next couple of years. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, not even alerted that he was traded. A guy that's uh, done so much for Vegas, and a beloved in the city, the fan base adores Mark Andre Fleury there, and that's a guy you don't even tell he's traded before it happens. That's shocking. And then the excuse of that. that,
1: well, it already leaked on Twitter, so you know we didn't have to call him. Like that's yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was amazing that it came to that yeah. and that actually happened with how that uh, ended with the. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, no question. Uh, We'll wrap up in a bit. I just want to wrap a couple odds and ends briefly for me. Quick hitters on some teams. Montreal, Hoffman, I got to wait and see because you're right. To Jimmy's point earlier, he's bounced around team to team. That's not usually a good sign. I like David Savard uh, brought in. Very nice. Uh, That was a very good move by the uh, Montreal. You had to address the blue line. Shea Weber, of course, not back anytime. may not even play again. uh, Shea Weber at this point. So you had to address the blue line and the hole that would lead, especially now you don't want to it all to fall on the shoulders of Petrie and Sherratt and Edmondson. So getting David uh, Savard was a nice move. Um, uh, Toronto, I'll talk Philly first. Um, Cam Atkinson, you're right. Cam Atkinson for Voracek. I mean, I think they're getting a good player, Philly and Cam Atkinson. You know, good offensive player can fit in that top six. We'll see if JVR can uh, bounce back of a better offensive season. They're going to score more goals this year, Philly, what can their blue line do is the big question though. I mean, there's still a, a little bit suspect back there and Carter Hart to bounce back. That's a big if, can he re- regain that phenom, you know, status that he had a few years ago, but it was a nightmare for him last year. And I'll tell you what, Alex made the point where uh, Jimmy mentioned that the flyers were interested in flurry and said how a nice mentorship it could have been for Carter Hart. The only thing Martin Jones is going to be able to mentor Carter Hart to do in Philadelphia is how to uh, basically treat the puck like a beach ball and not be able to stop (laughs) it. That's essentially, that's the only mentoring Martin Jones will do for uh, Carter Hart. So you talk about almost having flurry with Carter Hart and having Martin Jones instead, whoa, (laughs) talk about a big difference. Uh, And so it better be a good bounce back year for Carter Hart because if it ain't, Martin Jones ain't taking you anywhere He's not taking you to no promised land. Um, so that's going to be the key for Philly. It's all going to come down to Hart next year. The blue line's got to be better too, but especially a Carter Hart. Uh, Kraken, we talked a lot about them in the expansion draft, so I won't go into too much detail, but I like their roster defensively and goaltending. They're going to be tough to beat. They're going to keep the games low scoring. It's going be not going to be easy to score on them. Yeah, they got to work on their offense a little bit, uh, but look, right now uh, that's going to be a tough team to play against. I'll even briefly mention Toronto. Uh, before we uh, wrap it up here, I, they're, they're totally cap strapped. You know, there's no question about that. There was no uh, There's no secret of that. So they couldn't do much. But what they did do is they gambled on a couple low-risk, high-reward signings. You know, that's essentially what the Leafs did. You know, they bring in Michael Bunting. He had a good year for Arizona. You know, can he contribute for them? Uh, that's going to be a, a question. But, you know, a low-cost, potentially high-reward signing. Look, Andre Kasha could be a good player, but he he's like peanut brittle and cotton candy and plastic body parts at this point. He can't stay healthy. That's what the Bruins had to deal with, with Andre Kasha. So they take a chance on him. This is a guy that scored 20 goals in, in a season before. I don't mind that. Low risk, high reward for a team strapped against the cap for Toronto. And Nick Ritchie is a nice little signing uh, by the Leafs as well. Again, you know, he's a guy that was part of that Bruins group good good environment to be with, you know, can uh, be that kind of guy that you can hope for good things at playoff time from him. So a couple of those sides, like they couldn't do much in terms of, you know, they can't make a big splash, not in the salary cap hell that they're in, but they'd made a couple low risk potential for high reward signings that I, I can live with them. If you're Toronto to try to finally help that team get over the hump and finally win a playoff series. Of course, this is all moot point. It's going to come down again to Matthews and Marner doing things in the playoffs next year that they absolutely didn't do you know in the first round against Montreal this past year but for Kyle Dubas given the fact his hands are tied he's like handcuffed right now a couple low risk high reward signings cheap money but a potential for these guys to really deliver positives for the team if they play well and they stay healthy I don't I don't mind what he did we'll have to see if we love what he did but only production is going to approve that uh Alex but before we wrap it up this is your chance final say Final thoughts, final comments, any teams, any players you want to mention before we wrap up the show?
2: Yeah,
1: so the the overall theme of stuff that I'll be looking at, at the beginning of the year, and, and, and probably most of the year, will be, like I said, overs. This is going to be the season of overs, because look at how everything went last year. Obviously, with a condensed schedule, a lot of teams playing a lot of games, and, and we didn't see, we saw scoring drop off drastically, especially in the playoffs. And that's because teams were fatigued. Uh, this is going to be a, a whole different setup now. When we talk about the teams that are struggling having goaltending issues, having defensive issues, it's this, this is about seven or eight teams. I'm looking at Edmonton, San Jose, Philly, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. These are going to be teams, Arizona, these are going to be teams that are going to be giving a, a lot of goals, especially early. And the fact that we saw low-scoring games you know, for the bulk of of, of the season and and definitely the postseason books are not going to adjust right away with these totals. So we're going to get some great value. I feel like with overs beginning of the year, even a team like the New York Islanders who pretty much, you know, have stayed pat, uh, you know, and our defensive minded team, but they've played a lot of hockey. You know, Jimmy mentioned it earlier with, with Buffalo or Boston rather, but look at how, the Islanders back-to-back runs to the to the conference finals, you know, with these condensed games and then being in the bubble and playing so much hockey o- over this time, so much important hockey that can wear a team down. So even they might have some defensive lapses uh in a given night. So I think we're going to see a lot of scoring early. And that was always the case. You go back the last three or four full seasons. We always saw scoring early because, you know, the offense, you know, seemed to arrive first the season and the defense comes in later so that's something that i have circled down I, everybody watching this i say circle that down uh we're gonna be looking for some overs uh early and often in the first month two months of the season
0: all right good, good and i agree with a lot of that i think you're gonna see a sloppy hockey pond hockey more scoring more goals early i will briefly mention edmonton my last team honestly this will be it um zach hyman warren Fogle. i like what they did thumbs up with the forward group Zach Hyman, a great addition. Warren Fogle with Carolina. He was always one of my favorite underrated players for them up front for Carolina, especially at playoff time. Like what they did there. I don't love that they lost Larson, uh, the Oilers on the blue line. You know, Duncan Keith, good for the dressing room for sure. But, you know, what's he got left at his age and this stage of his career on the ice is the question. Uh, And look, Mike Smith, is he going to be as good as he was last year? That's a question mark. So there's some good, some bad with Edmonton. Defense, defense, you know, what's Keith going to do? Uh, I like Nurse. I like Barry's brought back. Cody CC They have a high hopes for this Evan Bouchard kid uh, on their blue line. Um, but the goaltending, could Smith be as good again? But I do like what they did with the forwards. You bring in Zach Hyman. What a fit he's going to be with McDavid. He'll do all the grunt work just like he did for Matthews and Marner in Toronto and Warren Fogle, a nice little signing as well uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. So just some thoughts on Edmonton. Uh, Jimmy, we'll get some thoughts from you now. Final thoughts for uh, the free agency uh, season.
2: Yeah, you know, you brought up the Leafs there uh, earlier, and you know, look, I got to watch these guys, Kasha and Richie. I I think the Richie signing could work out for them there. He had a great regular season. He disappeared again in the playoffs a bit, but I think he might be able to help them a lot. Also, bring some size on the power play down low. But I'm telling you guys, I I, I would stay far far away from Andre Kasha. This guy has what five concussions already in his career. Um, he he's not the brightest. Uh, he, he's very like, just, I'm just being honest. He's just from, every, by all accounts, he's not the brightest on the ice or off. Uh, I just, I, I know it was cheap money. So like you said, it's, it's, it's low risk, high reward. And, you know, hopefully for them, they get that high reward, but I, I wouldn't expect much from him. However, I think a signing that people aren't talking about enough. And I think it's a great signing because it gives you that great two-way checking center on your third line. And that's David Camp uh this guy's an underrated signing as I think this when we look back and all is said and done we look back on this offseason that might be a name we're talking about especially in the playoffs he's a guy that's going to help them a lot there we know that's one of the things that they lack in is two-way hockey so uh he's only a 1.5 million dollar cap it I love that signing by the Leafs
0: yeah there were a lot of people too that's scribes of the team that said that was a good find and a good signing uh, mm-hmm. by Kyle Dubas and the management uh, and, and a good number as well in terms of the contract. So uh very interesting to see how that he makes that uh, impact for the uh, Leafs, but does, you know, committed at both ends of the ice. So those are the kind of guys you want. We saw, saw it with Tampa Bay guys that are really good, both ways, ends of the ice. You want those guys on your team, especially if you're going to win at playoff time and, that's the kind of guys you win with.
2: And with the Oilers, I, I think, you know, you make a great point there. Obviously, Hyman's a great pickup there. Um, you know, they re up with Barry. I think he'll help. He'll, he'll be a little more comfortable there. Uh, you got to know. I mean, he was kind of bouncing around for a bit there. So now he gets to settle in. He knows he's secure there. So I think he'll improve. But I think still going back to, I mean, we, we were already able to talk about it in our last time we met here. You know, people can make fun of the Duncan Keith acquisition all they want because of his age and where he's at and everything right now, but when you bring character like that into a dressing room that clearly has been lacking it character and leadership, that's what he's brought in for. That's it. I mean, they're not expecting him to come out and be Norris trophy winning Duncan Keith. They just want him to guide this group and get them going the right direction and pass along some of the lessons they need to learn to win in the playoffs. So I I think that's going to be one of those signings too, or acquisitions that we talk about later in the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great stuff. Oh, Winnipeg Jets. Have to mention, oh, yeah. look, I forgot about the Jets. I want to because look, this Sheffield Dayoff should have done this before the deadline last year. Otherwise, he could have had a better chance against Montreal uh, in the uh, second round. But that's neither here nor there. But finally, address the blue line. Finally, short up the yes. blue line. You had to add some depth there. They've definitely uh, gone a long way to doing that. Nate Schmidt brought in, Brendan Dillon brought, uh, brought in from Washington you know, defensemen that'll help them. They played in playoff games. They're going to help the younger guys that are on this blue line, like Pionk, like DeMello, uh, like Logan Stanley. All of a sudden, you've got a much deeper blue line, top to bottom Winnipeg. So thumbs up, Kevin off. I don't know why you waited until the offseason instead of the trade deadline last year to address this, because we were talking about this last year on this show, going into the trade deadline. That's not enough bringing in Jordy Ben to, to shore up the blue line. Not even Not even close. I mean, and finally, it's been addressed, though, by Shevel day off, uh here in the offseason at free agency. So bringing in Nate Schmidt, bringing in Brendan Dillon, I like those moves. Much better blue line on paper for the Winnipeg Jets. Quality and depth going into uh, next season. Uh, would you guys agree with that?
2: Yes, for Definitely. sure. Definitely. I just worry about
1: their offense in that division, of course, like I said. They're yeah. not going to be in the Canadian division anymore. They're back to the Central. So uh, the teams are going to have to face. They're going to have to, you know, find some scoring. Uh, you know, they won't be able to win the games 2-1,
0: 3-2 and half tonight.
2: They need Dubois yeah. to step up big time. Yeah.
0: Absolutely right. a Abso- right. 100 percent yeah. right. 100,000%. Because you know what you're going to get from, you know, Wheeler, and uh, you know what you're going to get from Ehlers. Ehlers was outstanding. Kyle Connor's great. Stastny, like, up in he stays because injuries are catching up a little to him. So it's even more important. Yeah, the Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, it's a big time. Doesn't have a good
2: year, I think it's fair to say then that it wasn't Tortorella's fault. What went down in Columbus, you know, I mean, I, I that, that's yeah. a, I think that's a fair assessment there. I mean, if he comes out and plays the way he did after getting traded, well, look, then maybe it's more the player than it was the coach.
1: Yeah. And by the way, an interesting note, you mentioned Tortorella. They just uh, signed him. ESPN just signed him to I be an analyst. That. So that's
0: going to be pretty interesting. I, so, I did. All right. Yeah. Get the popcorn ready. <laughs> yeah, right. Tortorella, Torts, unfiltered, unscripted. Yep. And breaking down games, I hope. I hope. don't, don't yeah. put a muzzle on him, ESPN. Please, yeah. obviously, he can't swear and do all of that on, on air, but <laughs> let him speak his mind. If he wants to rip a coach or a player, let him do it. The rest. Let him have the screen time and yeah. let him get after it. We need more of this in these broadcasts. We need some excitement, you know. That's the one. That's why it's the, the NBA guys. I keep going back to them on TNT. Have been great for years. Shaq and Kenny and Charles. Yes. They'll call out Giannis. They'll call out Ben Simmons. They'll call out guys that don't play well and say, you know, you got to be better. Or you're not good enough. And Torts will do that if yeah. you give him the rope to do it. If you give him the opportunity to do it, he will speak his mind. So ESPN just got a lot more exciting and interesting. Uh, just these last couple hours with John Tortorella yeah. joining the NHL on ESPN coverage next season. Definitely uh, looking forward to that. Um, hope you uh, not only looked forward, but enjoyed our NHL free agency recap, a special edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. I can't say when we're going to be with you next uh, because it's uh, we're going to have a little bit of a dead zone period here for the NHL. Um, but we'll be back in September, you know, at some point, probably have a show, you know, a week or two before the start of the season. Uh, when training camp opens, it's probably when we'll aim to do our next show. And then after that, it's going to be go time. Like, guys, two months, you know, and an- another NHL season will be upon us. It's hard to believe that. But October is going to be here before you know it. So it won't be long before we're talking 2021 2022 NHL season. Before we wrap it up, reminder download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Of course, football season is right around the corner. The NHL will be back in two months. A great time to sign up for DraftKings. Download the app, sign up for an account. When you do that, you'll get bet boosts, weekly specials, weekly incentives, bet uh, deposit bonuses as well. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN, our great sportsbook sponsors uh, here at the Hockey Podcast Network. That'll wrap up this special NHL Free Agency recap edition of the Ice Guys for Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy. I'm Ian Cameron. Uh, Enjoy the summer. We'll be back in September. And uh, hope you join us then. Uh, thanks for watching this special edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.